Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This call is being recorded. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. This is Jay Kokorowski, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com, part of the Rivals Network, and I am joined by our editor, recruiting analyst, publisher, John McNamara, because we have some big news, obviously, this week that broke for Wisconsin men's basketball. Connor Asijan commits to Wisconsin on Wednesday, a 6'4", 185-pound shooting guard, class of 2022, out of Albion, Indiana. And John, big get for Greg Gard and his staff the program uh to kick things off and getting a commitment for this class how did the relationship start between him and wisconsin in your eyes yeah i think things happened uh pretty quickly with connor um and just his recruitment in general you know when i was talked to him uh he's mentioned you know i played for a and i didn't play um you know i guess big time aau until this past season he was with indiana elite so um, his exposure ticked up quite a bit when Wisconsin uh, got a chance to see him um, during that live evaluation period. Um, you know, Wisconsin and, and a handful of other schools, you know, Wake Forest was there, Minnesota, um, Butler, Creighton, you know, those schools kind of made up his top group. So, um, you know, Wisconsin identified him during the evaluation period, uh, got him on campus in August, extended an offer, and then got him on campus again for his official visit um, in September and earned his commitment. Um, I guess it was last week that he officially, you know, committed to Greg Gard, but obviously he he made that news public on Wednesday evening. So um, probably the – well, I shouldn't say probably. He will be the only uh, guard or backcourt player that Wisconsin takes. Um, you know, the Badgers are also looking at Josh Dix, who was supposed to visit this past weekend, but he committed to, um, to Iowa. So, uh, you know, maybe not a, a commitment that is going to move the needle in terms of people, um, you know, who follow recruiting. But I think he feels a big need for Wisconsin in terms of bringing uh, a shooter into the program, um, someone who can knock down shots from deep, and, you know, probably someone who in two, three years develops his game a little bit more as he as he gets stronger. So um, I think it's an overall good gift for Wisconsin because, like I said, it, it addresses a need that this current roster has. You know, looking at this too, you mentioned just some of the bigger name schools Rivals reports 24 total offers for a season. Of course, Creighton, Minnesota, uh, Milwaukee for that matter, uh, Wake Forest, uh, et cetera there. On top of that, though, you know, you kind of mentioned it already, but just to kind of expound upon that, expand upon it, just what could he bring to Wisconsin being a guard, but also just, you know, overall once the program gives a whole of them in terms of a strength and conditioning program and then also what Greg Gard and his staff could teach him. Yeah. You know, I got a chance to talk to his high school head coach and he said, you know, he's the best shooter in the state of Indiana, which um, is, is a pretty high compliment. And again, I, I think, you know, right away, 
at, at first at first glance you, you notice the shooting. So I think he's going to be able to, to provide that. Um, you know, I think it's tough for anyone to say, okay, right away he's going to be able to come in and play. But um, you know, as coach mentioned, he didn't think that you know he would potentially need a redshirt. I think he he can come in and and maybe you know carve out a, a niche for Wisconsin right away. But um, as you continue to look at the tape this is a kid who's going to have to get stronger um, and, and add some weight. And you could say that about a lot of freshmen, uh, but I think right away it's the shooting that stands out. But like I said, you know, he's got a little bit more to his game as well. You, if you look at his tape, he can get to the basket a little bit. He can pass it a little bit. Um, and he, I think he rebounds really well. And that's something he had, he told me that, you know, he's able to do any kind of takes pride. And so, um, you know, you look at a guy, maybe a comparable guy, like a, a Brevin Pritzel, a guy who came in, um, is someone who who shoots really well and then developed kind of this all around skill set where he was a really effective player, um, you know, towards his fourth and fifth year in the program. I'm not saying it's going to take Essigan that long, you know, maybe you see it in year two, year three, but he's a guy who's going to come in and be able to shoot, but he, he's got a ways to go, in my opinion, um, just in that strength and conditioning program before he's ready to, you know, really play significant maintenance in the Big Ten. I guess overall with this, you mentioned the only guard being taken in, the, in this 2022 class for Wisconsin. But what does it mean overall just for Wisconsin? Do they look for another player or two at different positions? How do you see this class kind of projecting out with this addition of a season? This class isn't going to go beyond two players. Um, is Braden Huff, um, a big six foot nine power forward from Illinois. Um, plays for that Illinois Wolves program that produced Frank Kaminsky. Um, also produced Chris Hodges, who's a, a freshman on the on the current roster right now. So um, a longtime target for Wisconsin. He would fill a, a pretty significant need for the Badgers. And I, I think it might be kind of Braden Huff or bust moving forward. Um, you know, Wisconsin got him on campus this summer, and they are scheduled to host him for an official visit in October. Um, you know, he's also got offers from um, – Illinois, Michigan State, uh, Gonzaga's in there, uh, Virginia Tech. He's That's a school he's officially visited as well. So um, he'd be an excellent fit, I think, for Wisconsin. I got a chance to see him play in Kenosha um, this summer. So, uh, you know, if Wisconsin could close out that class with Braden Huff, I think it'd be a really solid group for the Badgers. If they don't, you know, I think it's just, you know, Asiagen when it comes to signing day and then they use those two, three scholarships uh, that they'll have available for that 2023 class. But, you know, Wisconsin, like I said, would love to close this class out with Braden Huff. You're going to football and obviously you know, we talk basketball and, but going to Paul Chris program, three new offers in the past day or so from the Badgers to some recruits. There's Joshua Mickens, then Tamir Robinson and Jace Arnold. Yeah, you can kind of t- tell that the staff is on a bye week where you know they have a little bit more time to prioritize some some recruiting things and you know you saw an offer go out like you mentioned uh to a cornerback in in atlanta i'm sorry in in georgia so you know he's someone that they've been really selective with those cornerback offers so that was someone that that kind of caught my attention as well and then the kid that they offered in in indiana you know i I think when they six foot four six foot five 220 pound kids you, you just see more of those guys popping up um, as, as Wisconsin's been recruiting with, with Bobby April, you know, they love that versatility that those guys bring. So, um, two kind of, I should say, I'm sorry, three, maybe not necessarily high profile guys, but guys with, um, pretty good offer lists and, 
obviously now the challenge is to, to try to get them on campus as soon as they can uh, sometime for a home game this fall. And then, you know, I guess overall with that too, just, you know, maybe and I didn't put this in our agenda, but, you know, how do you feel with, you know, going forward? You know, we had a chance to talk with current Carson Hinsman. Uh, he just visited Columbus this past weekend with Ohio State, Oregon. Uh, you know, who are the remaining targets for the 2022 class overall in your eyes as, you know, the early signing period ticks down in about, what, three months from now? It starts from inside the state, like you talked about, Carson Hinsman, um, Billy Schroth, and then Isaac Ham as well. Um, you know, going back to Hinsman, it, it's probably going to come down to Wisconsin and Ohio State. Um, he was he visited Wisconsin for its game against Penn State, and he was just in Columbus um, for Ohio State's game against uh, Oregon. So, you know, it he kind of sounds in the in these interviews that he's that he's pretty split here, fifty fifty. Um, I've always felt pretty good about Wisconsin in this race. Um, I guess I still do, but. You know, if he ended up going to Ohio State, I, I guess it wouldn't shock me. Um, but again, I, I, I do think Carson uh, Hinsman winds up in this class. He'd be a great get, um, you know, a four-star kid from inside the state who projects to be an, an interior offensive lineman. Um, Billy Schroth kind of in that same boat where he's looking hard at two schools. Um, I got a chance to see him play live um, a couple Fridays ago, and he mentioned to me, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm sick of the recruiting process. I want to get this done. The following day he visited – uh, Wisconsin. Um, I, I I threw it out there on our message board. I, I said it would not surprise me if he got it done. Um, you know, while on campus that Saturday. Obviously, that did not happen. Um, he talked about potentially taking a visit to Notre Dame again to see in that school. So, um, two guys with with similar recruitments who Wisconsin would love to finish this uh, 2022 class with. And then um, Isaac Ham. Um, a little odd that a kid from Sun Prairie hasn't been to campus yet for Wisconsin's first two games. Um, you know, I think that raises a lot of eyebrows and um, we'll just have to see how his recruitment plays out down the stretch. But um, obviously he's been a longtime target for Wisconsin and uh, he's still very much a high priority for them. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how his recruitment shakes out in the next couple of weeks or months. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now turning to, we talk about recruiting. That's why we had Jan John. But even now, Wisconsin's one and one on the football field with the 2021 season, not still ranked number 18 after falling uh, some spots from after their loss to Penn State. I guess, you know, there's a lot to, I guess maybe even before we dive into like, we're going to do one thing we learned and, and one thing that we may have questions about heading into Notre Dame week. But I guess even just overall, just do you feel like a sample size of two games, one against, you know, a top 20 opponent, even though it's at home, it's Penn State uh, and it's the first game of the year. So mistakes are going to likely happen and you're going to have snafus and and other problems uh, that pop up that will need correction, uh, obviously, uh, and also playing in front of fans like Wisconsin did for, you know, the first time in Camp Randall uh, in quite a while. 
but then, you know, also on top of that, but then also go and go into a Mac program, like Eastern, you know, facing Eastern Michigan was nothing against a, a group of five school like that. But obviously you saw the results where Wisconsin thoroughly dominated on both sides of the ball at, on both sides of the line of scrimmage and really did not allow Eastern Michigan to do too much work. You know, I feel maybe the, the score and granted they had chances to, to add more points onto that scoreboard. I feel that really, you know, I don't know if the score necessarily dictated how dominant Wisconsin was overall against you know, the Eagles. Yeah, I, I think to break it down, you feel like the defense is good and the offense uh, still leaves a lot of question marks. Um, I think there's plenty of things that you could, you know, wonder still about the offense, you know, about the offensive line. Um, are they starting to gel together? You know, you had guys out during fall camp, you know, projected starters who missed, a, you know, a good chunk of time. You know, are, are they now getting the reps where they feel comfortable? Um, Graham Mertz. You know, you, I guess you could make an argument either way. He was, he was bad against Penn State, and then he graded out, you know, according to Pro Football Focus, very well against Eastern Michigan. Um, so I, if you're an optimist, you could say that's a great way to springboard him into a bye week in, in a Notre Dame. Or if you're an anti-Mertz guy, you could say, well, it was Eastern Michigan, and they, they, they did everything they can to try to get him in a rhythm and stuff like that. So um, a lot of stuff on the offensive side of the ball, I think there's still question marks about but I do one of my takeaways on that side is I think you have a nice stable of running backs assuming those guys stay healthy you know Ches Malusi I think has exceeded expectations you know he's I don't know if solidified is the right word but he's Wisconsin's top tailback you know it was good to see Jalen Berger play and you would assume that he's good to go for the rest of the season and Isaac Arendo too is a guy that you know Gary Brown has talked very highly about um, and you got a chance to see him in these um, first two weeks as well. And he broke off that big 80 plus yard touchdown run and then Braylon Allen. I mean, do you see more of Braylon Allen as the season keeps going here? So I like the running backs there. I think there's a lot of questions there. Defensive side of the ball. I mean, that unit's been very good. There's no reason to think that that unit's going to drop off. You know, if, if you hold a team to 16 points, you feel like, you know, a really good team like Penn state, you feel like you should win those games and, um, if Wisconsin's defense is able to do that moving forward against some of the teams that they're going to see um, in Big Ten play and obviously Notre Dame in just a couple days here, um, I think you have to feel pretty good about where the Badgers stand moving forward. Right. And, you know, like maybe the one thing I learned, I mean, you're, you talked about the offense, about questions, and then what you learned too. Uh, I'll go on the defensive side. I think one thing we learned is just how the pressure for Wisconsin's defense can be, can just contain offenses you saw that against eastern michigan where they were held under 100 yards they only registered two sacks each game but for that matter eastern michigan only had 38 snaps altogether. wisconsin's forced seven you know seven three and outs each contest i think wisconsin and, and defensive coordinator jim leonard they're going to be able to provide that pressure weekend week out pro football focus already discussed having 20, you know, I think they credited Wisconsin with 27 pressures uh, altogether in the first two games. So uh, we'll see if they actually get home. I think maybe it's a sub question for this, whether it's one thing we learned, but just can they get home to the quarterback and even just how Leo Chanel, whenever he does return, just how could he impact that as well with him and Sanborn uh, kind of laying havoc and creating havoc in that backfield uh, once he does return, even though I think Mike Maskelis has done a good job too uh, in that matter. But I guess too, with that, like the, the questions to going off of that, you're off and you talk about the offense, just, you know, red zone efficiency, only five of 10 in that regard 
uh, in terms of opportunities, uh, you know, ranked, I brought this up in a couple articles, tied for 126th in the FBS with Florida and Miami of Ohio. You know, granted, they've, whenever they've have converted, they've been mostly touchdowns, four touchdowns to one field goal, but uh, the game against Penn state, you saw that one of four opportunities uh, and you get within the two within the one and they still don't get home with points. That's an issue. Even against Eastern Michigan, there are four or six, John, but there's a fourth down stand, the first drive of the game for Wisconsin. And then, you know, Chase Wolf throws an errant pass that turns into a pick six, a 98 yard pick six. You know, there's that, that to me in Notre Dame for that matter, going into this contest with Purdue has allowed seven of eight, you know, scoring opportunities within the red zone. And four of them have been touchdowns in two weeks, but that's gotta be an area they have to clean up in my eyes to ensure that they can pull away and, and get, you know, maybe make the statement win against Notre Dame and then move forward for the rest of the year. Yeah. They, they just have to get better in that department. Um, and it's, it's not things that are, well, I was going to say not glare. I mean, they are glaring things, but they're not things where they're unfixable. I mean, these are just things that, you know, you would assume got worked out in practice, you know, handoffs and, you know, just the footwork from Graham Mertz and a few of these, um, situations here. So, I mean, there's no reason to think that this stuff cannot get cleaned up um, moving forward. So, again, you know, that, that Penn State game is much different if they put, you know, two of the three times that, that they turned it over in the red zone, they put the ball in the end zone. I mean, it's it's just a completely different game. And you're not talking about, you know, the struggles Graham Mertz had. And you're not talking about <laughs> Paul Chris play calling. And you, so it's just, you know, those just little things you know, make a big difference. So, I mean, if they can get that kind of stuff cleaned up, this is again, a team that you think could contend uh, for a big 10 West title. Although, uh, you know, Iowa looks very strong right now. I think they're you know kind of head and shoulders um, the favor to, to potentially get there, obviously a long way to go, but yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you fix those things, you're a good football team. If these continue to happen, um, it's going to be a long season for the bad. Absolutely. John, before we let you go, what, what else we got going on at BadgerBlitz.com coming up this week with uh, more recruiting news? And obviously, we're, gonna, we're prepping for Notre Dame week, so we'll have tons of content going on with, obviously, Jack Cohn facing his old teammates. But what's, what else is coming up on the recruiting front for Badger Blitz? Yeah, tomorrow, Friday, um, I'm going to get out to see Arrowhead and Kettle Moraine. Um, it's kind of a late addition to my schedule, but um, Arrowhead has – Derek Jensen, a 2024 offensive lineman um, who's got offers right now, Iowa State, Illinois, and Virginia. Um, he was a visitor for Wisconsin when they played Penn State. I, I thought that Wisconsin would potentially offer, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, not to say that it won't happen sometime in the near future. So um, potentially he's the, you know, an early candidate for, um, you know, one of the um, potentially the top in-state prospect in that, in that sophomore class. Although it, I think it's going to be a, a really good group of guys. There's there's a handful of kids who I think can play at a high level from that group. Um, and then Arrowhead plays Kettle Moraine, and Kettle Moraine has 2023 20, quarterback uh, Chase Spellman. Um, and Spellman's visited Wisconsin twice. I think he's a little bit lower on Wisconsin's pecking order in terms of you know where their their outlook is at quarterback right now. Um, obviously, Braden Dorman, probably Wisconsin's top target, followed very closely by Avery Johnson. Um, two guys who have scholarships right now, but um, Spellman's up there for, for Wisconsin and a handful of other teams. So um, excited to see him play. 
Saw him a little bit in the scrimmage. Um, so we will get a chance to see him play. And then Derek Jensen, obviously very early in his career, but um, we'll be good to get a chance to see him. So um, two good teams. I think Arrowhead probably comes out on top there. They seem pretty loaded, but um, Badger Blitz will be out there this Friday. And then, you know, kind of rolling, like you said, Jake, right into uh, to Notre Dame talk. Absolutely. Folks, uh, on that note, we're going to keep this this podcast short this week. Make sure you guys go to badgerblitz.com, wisconsin.rivals.com for that matter. We have obviously tons of content coming up. Uh, make sure for Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com. For John on Twitter, at McNamara Rivals, me at Jake Coco, K-O-C-O. And of course, you guys go to the podcast, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you find podcasts, that's where we're at as part of Overtime Media. Uh, again, you know, next week we're going to hit it up. Big Notre Dame week. We'll have a you know, beat writer Q&A. We have so much more coming up talking about Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Soldier Field. Going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to cover it. We'll check you guys next week on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media.